Hey, Ray, how you feeling? You know, when the temperatures drop and we get that winter feeling things, it really affects me more. That's when I get that aching in my bones. But I found that CBD and medicinal together can take care of the majority of my aches and pains. The ones that, you know, you have every day as you age, but also the ones that you get from all those activities of taking care of business in the fall. No kidding. I've been doing a lot of raking because we have so many old trees around our house that you rake one day and then two days later... The yard's filled up with leaves again, so it's a never-ending... Think of it as a workout program. (laughs) It totally is a workout program, but like you, the CBD with the medicinal makes a huge difference in relieving pain and allowing me to function normally. And that's why we're happy to have One CBD as our sponsor here on the podcast. Uh, Go to OneCBD.com, that's O-N-E-C-B-D.com, or follow them on at OneCBDLife on Twitter, and you can find out about all the aspects of what OneCBD does to help you with your pain. One of the things that I like the most, Marcus, is that everything they purchase to be used in their CBD is 100% organically grown hemp free from pesticides and fertilizers, and that's important because it's important to know what you put in your body. I also like the fact that they're third-party lab-tested and made in the USA. Because they're third-party lab-tested, we know that there is some science backing up and making sure that what they're putting out is high quality and it's made right here in the USA, so jobs are provided. That science It's the science of nano emulsion. I don't know what it is, but it sounds impressive. And they know what it is, and they know how to take care of business when it comes to your pain. At 1CBD, check them out online at 1CBD.com. O-N-E-C-B-D.com. Achieve a renewed sense of balance. Well, by now, Marcus, all the decorations are up and all the children are driving Mama crazy with what they're going to wear for Halloweeny. <laughs> Don't you mean Halloween, dude? No, Halloweeny, the first ever Halloweeny roast here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. My son's too young to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, what's a Halloweeny? <laughs> I'm not explaining that one. I'll spend a week on the couch if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> And as always, this roast of whatever we're cooking is brought to you by 1CBD at onecbd.com and by our friends, our spooky friends at Crooked Eye Brewery. Find out what's going on in Halloween on their Facebook page. It's Crooked Eye Brewery on Facebook and online at crookedeyebrewery.com. Well, I got sticks and I sharpened the ends so we can get the, the weenies on there, you know, and can get the get the fire going, and we should be able to do that before we get to the end of the podcast episode, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is uh, the season, and I know the kids all have their favorites for this year. I thought we should probably have our costumes set to go for this uh, first ever Halloweeny roast. Halloweeny roast. Oh, yeah. Areas that may be here on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. <laughs> I think I know what you're dressing as. 
What's that? A werewolf. Werewolf? Their wolf. Their castle. Werewolf. Werewolf? There. What? Their wolf. Their castle. Why are you talking that way? I thought you wanted to. No, I don't want to. Suit yourself. I'm easy. <laughs> are you young Frank? <laughs> Frankly, darling. <laughs> <laughs> nice knockers. Woof. Well, we could do a million young Frankenstein jokes because we're in the season for that, for sure. But I'm gonna, I got a picture here saved that's going to tell you uh, what my Halloween costume is. The people behind my costume have had a costume every Halloween. Whenever they have a concert on Halloween, which is almost every year except for this year, Ooh. they have a costume they put on stage and go out and do. It's an album every year. They have put on costumes such as the White Album. They have performed in costume as Quadrophenia, as in Remain in Light, my favorite, when they did Exile on Fish Street. That's right. There's my costume, Marcus. Whoa. You can react any way you want. Whoa. It's Fish. I'm dressing up as Fish, the band this year. And also, don't forget they did Ziggy Stardust one year, so maybe you want to dress up as fish, too. But I've told you my costume for this episode, as bizarre as it may seem to you. What is yours, my good friend? My costume this year is the sidekick to a cartoon my son just started watching called Santiago of the Sea, who is a Caribbean yeah. pirate. And I'm... And I am his sidekick, Tomas, who plays the electric guitar. I have been a pirate a few times on Halloween in me life. Yep. And this guy is a, this kid is a good pirate who respects honor and his friends, and he's a sweet little boy. And so it's kind of fun to be able to dress up alongside my little guy. Having a four-year-old at Halloween is perhaps the greatest time in their lives. They understand what's going on. Yeah. They can't quite do it all themselves without you. And it often requires mom and or dad to be in said costume with them for the duration. And it's a wonderful thing. So um, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You're ready to go. We're ready right, to go. Moss, let's go. We ready. Are we ready to move forward with this Halloweeny roast of the imbalanced history of rock and roll? A lot of music tonight, but this song really got this whole thing started. I'm talking about the original. Screaming, Jay Hawkins and I put a spell on you. Stop the things you do. <laughs> well, no. 
And you can't forget Robert Johnson, who was before him, writing a little bit about that hellhound on his trail. You know, that's a good one. We're talking about songs for Halloweeny and Halloweeny roasts. Well, we're talking about songs that'll scare the shit out of you. There's one that would in the in that time or even now. You know, there's a lot of songs, uh, a lot of rock and roll songs that came out that either scare people or have to do something with Halloween. And there were also a lot of the novelty songs in the 50s and 60s, like Purple People Eaters and The Monster Mash and some of those songs that kind of took a light look at the scary stuff. But again, the blues were considered evil music, so naturally it scared some people. One of those songs that was on the lighter side was uh, really popular by Bobby Boris, in parentheses, Pickett. Ladies and gentlemen, back for the second go-round of the one that was so popular not too long ago, a thing called The Monster Mash. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Mr. Bobby Pickett. The Monster Mash. Remember that? It was like a big hit, and everybody breaks it out every year. Halloween, radio stations, all different formats play it like a Christmas song. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mess. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. Oh. From my laboratory in the castle east oh. to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. Oh. The ghouls all came from their humble abode oh. to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the match. It caught on in a flash. They did the match. They did the monster match. Oh. The zombies were having fun. Did the party had just begun. Did the guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. Oh. The scene was rocking over digging the sound. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hound. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster match. Purple People Eaters, and I think Shauna and I yeah. used to do songs like that on around Halloween during their special. They would cover all these songs on their show. So we used to hear all of these novelty songs as kids and sing along with them. And even, I think, in music class around Halloween, we would sing those songs as a music class. Going all the way back to the 20s and 30s with Robert Johnson, we were talking about him a minute or two ago, and I always remember that his uh, stepsister said that he liked to play music for the kids. Do you think he would play the scary? shit on Halloween, you know? <laughs> hey, kids, Robert was playing some scary songs, Bob! You know? It's Halloween. <laughs> Enjoy them. It's only hey, you one know what? day One of his contemporaries, one of the bluesmen who came right after him, Howlin' Wolf, had a song called Evil that felt and sounded evil. 
chicken in your stove. That's evil. Evil is going on. Well, if you like to be scared, Marcus, you should have been my mom in the 70s because this Alice Cooper guy just showed up on my turntable one day and he wouldn't leave. And he wrote songs that scared the living shit out of her. And I'm talking about Dead Babies is a good example. Oh, yeah. Dead Welcome I'm talking about nightmare. welcome to my nightmare. Those scared my mom, and I was too young to listen to them. She probably had in her mind, my son's not listening to Alice Cooper. My kids will not be listening to Alice Cooper. There is no way. That guy's scary. I can totally see my mom doing that. I can totally see my mom doing that. She freaked out when I got Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. She got freaked out when I wandered onto the floor at the uh, Village People concert because everybody was dressed in costume and she didn't know what to do. So there's no way Alice Cooper was going on in our house as a kid. Sorry, Mom. Sorry. <laughs> Black but Sabbath. But you know, a lot of songs that came along in your time when you could do what you wanted, like Ozzy Osbourne has a ton of songs that are scary things, like Mr. Crowley's a good example, but people were afraid of Kiss because Gene spit blood and fire on stage and they were dressed in those wild costumes the things that scare people sometimes make me laugh there's no doubt about it the fact that parents would get scared of that and kids are all thrilled just shows you how crazy and how nonsensical it was for parents to be scared of this stuff why would you be scared of this stuff it was all show a lot of the parents of the 60s and 70s forgot that when they were teenagers in the 50s that it was all just for fun it was all just a show they forgot when they had a song by the coasters called the shadow nose At the House of Frankenstein by Bigby. Now you kids gather around. Call at this house. There is something special going down. <laughs> Not major songs that still get played on the radio, but if you were a teenager in the 50s, they were part of what was going on. Did songs like that scare your parents or upset your parents or upset the status quo? Is I don't know. I wasn't around in the 50s, but I can tell you in the 60s and 70s, a lot of this stuff did stir things up because of the words, not necessarily the concept, like Season of the Witch. That set off all the religious watchdogs, stuff like that. What about songs like Bad Moon Rising and I Put a Spell on You? I was too young to know what the public reaction was to those, but CCR shook shit up, too. Don't go around the night, well, it's bound to take your life. 
Well, I put a spell on you was a throwback. And so it was, they did that with some of their selections on their albums before it became full-blown, you know, uh, original. So they didn't get much shit about that, but Bad Moon Rising got embraced uh, by Hollywood and all kinds of stuff. Movies and stuff would use it. Handcuffs. <laughs> I was going to use these on myself. Can you believe that? <laughs> they, they were supposed to keep people from finding out about my private affair my mistress oh my god <laughs> but you you already know don't you sis <laughs> something to scare the shit out of the kids that's what we're talking about what would scare you as a kid and there are some things, and I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've had Stephen King is the only one who's ever scared the shit out of me twice. Twice he did it when I was reading The Stand Ooh. the first time. Good afternoon, Mr. Edmund. My name is Dietz. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Meet Geraldo. Geraldo, huh? Mm-hmm. Now the virus your fellow townspeople contracted passes easily from human to guinea pig, and vice versa, presumably. But Geraldo has been breathing your air via convector for the last three days. And Geraldo is fine and frisky, as you see. I'd call that rather comforting, wouldn't you? I see you're not taking any chances. That's not my contract. However, it does appear that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you, Mr. Redmond. Or may I call you Stu? Just don't call me Geraldo. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. The whole second half of reading that book was pretty much a terror process. And the uh, the other one is I can't watch it. No! No! Bill's gonna kill me. Woo! Hi, Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. I bet you have a lot of friends. Three, but my brother's my best ass. Where's he? In bed, sick. I bet I could cheer him up. I'll give him a balloon. Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. I got through the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the first one, and I, I can't watch the rest of it, man. I just can't. Pennywise scares the living fuck out of me. Oh, Pennywise scares the snot out of me as well. I mean, I'm no, not scared no, of you know clowns, really but him I'm scared to death of. But you know what really scares me, Marcus? What? Disco! <laughs> Disco not only scares you, it hits your gag reflex pretty hard as well. Bad candy corn. Yeah, there's a lot of music out there that's meant to scare you. And some of it really isn't meant to scare you so much, really. It just happens to work out that way. And, and one guy is a friend of mine from, and he's not with us anymore. I loved him. He was an awesome person. And he could scare the shit out of you like Lurch from the Adams Family could scare the shit out of you. And I'm talking about the one and only Peter Steele from Typo Negative.
he was this hulking guy and very very nice guy a very cool person no problems there but his band put out some real heavy dirgy stuff they dark while doing it and they're the only band typo negative that could scare the fuck out of you with a song that's about a hair dye color <laughs> one motherfuckers i love that song and my favorite interview of all time in radio was my interview with peter Steele, because of how insane and how all over the place the interview went he would answer a question and then he would change direction completely and it would be insanely funny and hilarious and then in the middle of the interview we ended up having a 20 minute conversation about our father's passing away and it was completely surreal but really cool and then we jumped back into the conversation about the album and he was great and he was kind and he was gentle but goddamn in person being as big and as dark like wearing that dark clothes and the long hair he's six 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 seven he has monstrous hands just a big human being could definitely scare you. And if you ran into him in the streets of a city, you'd probably be like, I'm going crossing over to the other side of the street or turning around, even though he would probably just give you a hug. Some of the things that are scary about music at this time of year are intentional. And I think of the low voice. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath. Because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. For it is a human number. Its number is 666. Maiden has a lot of good scary songs. We could go through a whole thing. And they got an Eddie. He's pretty scary too. But I think most of the metal mascots are, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Pretty scary cats. Maiden has a lot of songs that have heavy imagery like that in it, you know? Uh, bring your daughter to the slaughter. I mean, we running all... people through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They definitely retell history stories in a very interesting way. I came up with a couple songs that scared the shit out of people when they first came out, and I don't know how intentional it was. Although, with the crazy world of Arthur Brown, I think it was purely psychedelic and intentional. You know the song I'm talking about. Fire. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. And right in there in the same pocket, there was a guy who was the quiet one, they called him. He was the ox in The Who, John Entwistle. And every now and then, they would let him sing one. And his song early on in The Who songbook, 
became a perennial Halloween favorite at rock stations almost immediately as soon as it was released. Talk about Boris the Spider. He's calling up my wall. Black and teddy, very small. Now he's up above my head. Hanging by a little friend. Boris the But you had some other ones that I didn't really come up with uh, that are pretty good songs that fit the theme for scaring the hell out of people here on our halloween roast. Yeah, Bella Lugosi's Dead, Bauhaus, a great one. That song alone has been a big influence on the 80s and some of the 90s, like Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails and some of those bands. A guy who plugged right into the Alice Cooper scares the shit out of everybody vibe for his generation. I'm talking about Rob Zombie and White Zombie. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Uh, both visually, graphically, sonically, in every way, and especially... Now, uh, doing films and stuff, Rob doing films, stuff like Living Dead Girl or Dragula, which is really about a car, right? Yeah, and his songs yeah, his songs may not be about the scary stuff, but he definitely invokes that vibe with his stage show, with his costumes, with his dress, with his style, with his imagery. Even his sound has that big, filthy, dirty horror rock sound and there's a nastiness to it that makes you feel kind of dirty and scared when you listen to it and i don't mean that in a bad <laughs> yes, way but he is able to yes, capture those feelings <laughs> and translate it to music and that's pretty impressive dude i want to tell you a story about white zombie in a bar in los angeles with one of the smashing pumpkins so let's go down a crooked eye and have a brewski real quick here and then we'll come back and we'll do the second half of our halloweeny roast our first ever halloweeny roast did you remember the buns and the mustard i got them buns with the you mustard ketchup for mustard on your halloween i'm a mustard and relish guy Ah, mustard relish. I like it. I can see. I'll, I have a lot of combinations. I'm a mustard guy. I can do mustard and ketchup. I can do some onions. I can do some relish. I'm not a big relish guy. I can do but pretty much anything. Well, maybe we should get some dogs while we're over Crooked Eye and come back and talk more about scary stuff in bonds on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. I was talking to Paul and Pete, man, and they want to offer a special thank you to all of the listeners of the imbalanced history of rock and roll. What kind of special are you talking about? Everybody likes free beer, Marcus. How about a free 10-ouncer when you go in and mention the imbalanced history of rock and roll when you sit down and order your first drink? Free 10-ouncer, yes. Some of the most amazing brews you're going to find at any brewery in the Philadelphia area right there at York and Montgomery in the heart of Hatboro. We're talking about Crooked Eye Brewery, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. My favorite of all the Crooked Eye beers is the Black Eye Stout. I love Oh, yeah, you love that. that. Yes, you do. So smooth and just so full of flavor. Jeff manages to get more flavor, and the way he kind of masks the edge on the hops is, oh, beautiful. And you can't beat 
going in, sitting down, saying, hey, I listened to the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. May I please have that free 10-ouncer? <laughs> free beer. Why not stop in and get a growler, a pint, a crowler? Take some home with you. And don't forget, the entertainment's back. It's coming back in stages. There's more and more stuff going on. And find out what events are back and when they are. It's Crooked Eye Brewery. On Facebook. Right in the heart of Hatboro, the cure for what ails you. And a free 10-ouncer when you mention the imbalanced history of rock and roll, and we thank them for their support. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's part two of Scary Business in the Halloween season. Hold on, Marty. We're getting into the time machine. (laughs) That's my costume, too. Actually, my costume is fish. What was your costume again? My costume was Tomas. It's Tomas. Tomas. Santiago of the Seas. You really threw me a curve there, brother. I know. Nice push for PBS, though. I like it. I like pushing PBS. (laughs) And so we're crawling out of the starting gates on part two. (laughs) One of the things that scared parents, we talked about how a little bit about uh, how uh, artists in the 50s like Elvis and even Chuck Berry, Eddie Cochran, they would scare uh, parents, you know, when they first came out because it was such wild music Mm -hmm. and how little Richard really scared the hell out of parents. His flamboyancy scared him. Yeah, imagine a kid in the 50s going, oh, your brother's going out dressed as Elvis. What are you going, I'm going out as little Richard. to be like, what? What? Over the years, the sound of backmasking, as they call it on records, that's the backwards sounds that when you play them backwards, underneath all the other music makes it sound like something secretive or bizarre or even evil in some cases. ELO does a good job of that with the evil part. Yeah, it's so funny how people try to 
make it like this some sort of secret code for people who believe in Satan to meet up and make human sacrifices or see whatever absolutely insane theory I'll that these people are coming up Saturday. with. It's no different than the crazy people and the crazy theories today. I think it's actually a cool effect because to do stuff like that and maybe even like the Beatles with that whole I Buried Paul stuff that was on the back <laughs> masking and all that had to be them mocking the people saying that Paul was killed in a car accident yes, and his and his dummy or not dummy but his doppelganger was uh, taking his place and they had to teach him how to play bass blah 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 and all that so because they're agree. geniuses like that two of the bands that I love and I came up with Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne were both subject to lawsuits about it about hidden messages and it was ridiculous and it was never verified that anything was or could be said that would do such a thing the sad part is is that we still have tons of people who are troubled they're troubled by depression and loneliness is even worse during the pandemic marcus mm -hmm. you and i talk about this all the time as friends concerned about the world mm -hmm. you know call a friend reach out especially if you're not feeling good it's okay people will want to hear from you especially if they know that you're not feeling up to to life yes, because definitely. the alternative just fucking blows and we don't want to hear that we want you to have a better path forward it's all you got to do is phone a friend Ten you're on who wants to be a millionaire and you're not sure what the answer is and phone a friend absolutely so, make a difference these things aren't real and it's been proven time and time again just like it's been proven that Led Zeppelin didn't steal Stairway to Heaven from Randy California. So finally that's settled, too. Yep, and no more court dates and no more nonsense news stories yep. tying up yep. that story. Thank goodness. But scary stuff involves going to court, Marcus. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it's going to court is scary stuff. Oh, going to court is definitely scary. No fun either. But not as scary as staring down your favorite death metal at Halloween scared to death about what they're singing in front of you or in the case of king diamond the story he's telling you weeks before halloween yeah it happened back when he had the eye album he told us the story of the eye and in-depth detail beyond the lyrics of it in a way that we recorded and then turned into a 30-minute special that played every Halloween on The Rocker Show on MMR back in the day. Still love King Billy, man. Still one of the coolest guys and scariest guys I ever hung out with. And I've hung out with Ozzy and Alice and all kinds of people. He's the scariest fucking guy I've ever hung King out King Diamond? With. Yeah. It's for real, man. <laughs> uh, I believe it's for real. There was a period, and there may even still be a serious death metal um, scene, like the Norwegian death metal scene in yeah, the late 80s and early 90s with uh, Varg Vikernes who was with Burzum and Mayhem. That's well, easy for you to say. Yeah, very easy. Varg, Varg Vikernes murdered the guitar player of uh, Burzum. His name was uh, Euronymous. 
Also, the band Mayhem, which was before Burzum, found their vocalist in the band's house dead from a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head, and then they used the skull fragments to make jewelry. You know, it's that kind of fucked up shit that gives heavy metal a bad name. If it's real true and that all happened, that's the kind of shit that makes parents go crazy. And isn't that what we're here for tonight? Here, kiddies, (laughs) only a balance history of rock and roll. (laughs) That is some messed up stuff. Oh, speaking of Kai Hansen, here's a guy who could sing some scary shit. When Halloween first came out, the first few records when he was in there, his voice was had a very sinister quality to it. He was a pretty damn good player, too. Yep. Skeleton Witch, another one of those bands on the Halloween vein who had that Skeleton really scary Witch. sound. Yeah, pretty great name, too. And a couple what of, about my boys, Pantera? Man. You got to bring that. Actually... that had some heavy sounds. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And their music scared a lot of people in the uh, early 90s. You know else scared the shit out of mom? What? Slayer! Yes. I can I can attest to that firsthand. <laughs> I hope you don't like Slayer. <laughs> what got her worse, Rain and Blood or Angel of Death? I don't know. I like the 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 whole group. That was of, not a bong hit. I'm just testifying. That yeah, was not a bong that hit. Was, that was genuine perplexion. I don't know what to say on that one, because you also have Dead Skin Mask, you have Seasons in the Abyss, and you have some other songs that are pretty gnarly by them, and they can definitely bring out that uh, scary, uncomfortable vibe with their music that some of the uh, metal bands are able to do, but boy, do they just, they're so good live. They're so good live. Ramones had a song, Pet Cemetery, which was all part of that whole macabre idea of burying somebody in the grounds of the Pet Cemetery, and they would come back to life and their son. And But Stephen King, again, scaring the shit out of us here at the halloween roast. That movie did not scare you because it seemed to be a little farcical in some ways, and there was a lot of a satire Summer. and a little bit of a a comedy lightness to it that I don't think you can do with like Pennywise or the stand. The one moment in that movie where I will disagree with you is the moment where the little guy is running towards the road is the truck, the, the foreshadowing as the truck comes down the road, scared the fuck out of me. Okay. And it just scared the living shit. I mean, now other than that, yes, I see almost a, a farcical sense to it. King, man, we're back to talking about Stephen King and the Ramones got in the, in the way of that one. That was pretty cool to see them involved in, uh, stuff with Stephen King and we briefly mentioned Pantera they had a song called Psycho Holiday that was pretty scary just the sound of it and a lot of their riffs were pretty shredding and in your face that was kind of scary uh, we used uh, Psycho Holiday on the rocker show as our theme but the one that everybody seems to gravitate to including our friends at MMR is Cemetery Gates because it's obviously very graphic and connected to the holiday the psycho holiday that is Halloween. Halloween. No, I love this holiday. My favorite holiday of the year, without a doubt. Speaking of, what's your favorite Halloween movie or scary movie of all time? It's weird. You're not going to expect this. Okay. But because I couldn't watch it, doesn't that make it the best scary movie I ever saw? 
because I couldn't get through it. It was 15 minutes, and I was like, no, I'm done. Maybe. The second he drags that kid into the sewer, I'm done, Marcus. Is it dad? No! So I'm not sure if it's that, but I have uh, a lot of them that I love the scary movies, you know, because they, you know, they're not real and all that. Yeah. The King really did a good job on it. And I haven't seen the second one. I won't even look at the trailer. <laughs> That's how much clowns scared the shit out of me. You know, forget all the werewolves and all the devils and all this stuff. Put a clown in front of me with a balloon and a scary look on his face. Like something like he's up to something. Yeah. I'll start sweating right away. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's definitely walking into a very bad situation. Situation. Yeah, no, that's a great movie. I was just curious because we always... Do you have a favorite costume that you dressed up in for Halloween? Yeah, in college I dressed up as Pee Wee Herman my freshman year in college. <laughs> and I looked just like him. I had... This gal did my hair. I found the gray suit, the white shirt, the bow tie. I got pl- this gal. I got. We found platform shoes. Uh, this was in 1985-86. And I did the tequila on a bar. So... Yes, that was by far my favorite of all the Halloween costumes I ever had. I don't know. I Phantasm is still my favorite of all the uh, Halloween movies to watch to this day. That's a good one. That's it's a just, good one. And I remember seeing Halloween as a kid, 13 years old, and being scared to death of yes. Michael Myers, man. I was 13 years old. Michael Myers and Jason scared the living shit out of a whole generation oh, yeah. or two generations of, of horror lovers. And until until they came back with the this guy with the scary face and the knife, Nightmare on Elm Street. That, it, oh no! Well, yeah, well, no, that's a whole nother level. But you're right. No, uh, Freddy Krueger was an, also incredibly scary. But please, God, this is God. Every now and then you get somebody like him or one of these franchises that come along and, and Jason or whoever, and they're all scary people when it when it comes down to the movies. Know how they may wait eight years to make the next one, but when they come back, the movies are always up, usually up to par. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about them on a podcast about the Halloween roast. No matter how you use it, one of my favorites is Echoes from Pink Floyd. Deep into the track, it's a long one. All oh, this really weird, scary sounds. And I would use it on my uh, uh, Halloween show for years and years, never talking about what it is. And here it is, it's kind of floating in there, and it's it's kind of like got a weird feel to it. And then it gets actually like a little bit like that, you know. Nice. Not quite as not quite as cartoonish as one of my favorite Halloween songs in rock and roll Frank Zappa singing about the Goblin Girl the Goblin Girl She can gobble it all. 
I know exactly what he's talking. <laughs> I know that one. I'm not saying a word. But, oh, uh, no, we're just moving along here. That's on hilarious. the first ever Halloweeny roast on the imbalance history of rock and roll. Tomas. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my friend Tomas, I'm Fish. Tomas your co host for this Halloween episode. And Maurice's here in the uh, Dark Duck studio on my end looking at it like, what the hell are they doing and what are they talking about? We're talking about the first ever Halloweeny roast on the imbalance history of rock and roll. Well, this has been fun, buddy. A lot of great music, a lot of wacky stuff, and uh, great cultural references. Uh, talking a little bit about the movies that scare the hell out of us, too. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap things up and get on to our next episode sooner than later. I'd uh, encourage everyone, if you're listening to this uh, before Halloween, to make sure that you're being safe out there this year. Yeah, uh, if you're taking your kids out, be doubly safe. I don't even know if you should go anywhere. That'll be up to you. But do, do, do be safe no matter what you do. Until the next time, I'm Ray Coob. I am Marcus in the dark. And we will talk to you soon on the imbalance history of rock and roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.